Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? Bueno. 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 We're, I, I, lo- I love this international aspect that you bring to we the show. We are the World Senior we Games. We are the World Senior Games. So that was Spanish, I think. <laughs> yes, it was supposed to be. I don't yeah. know what I did, but it was supposed to be. <laughs> According to Google Translate, <laughs> yeah. it was Spanish, right? Uh, muy bueno. How's that? Muy bueno. I think that's good. Very good. I yeah. think that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're doing good. And how are you, Kyle? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for asking. I uh, I want to talk today about conventional wisdom, Jeff. Oh, that's a hard thing to find. <laughs> it really is, right? But yeah. we all we all love those those little sayings, those the, those little nuggets of truth that uh-huh. our mom shared with us when we were kids. Conventional they're, wisdom, right? They're not just called memes on the internet, but yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. We do call them memes on the internet now. Yeah, so do, but... when it comes to breakfast, uh huh, have you ever heard any conventional wisdom? That you have to eat a big one because it's the first meal of the day and you get your brain and your metabolism started. Yeah, the most important meal of the day, right? That's what they say. We hear that all the time. We've heard that our whole uh-huh. lives, right? I and find them fact, all important. but you know, Every meal is important, right? <laughs> They're all equally none, important. None of them should right? be missed, right? Well, uh, there is definitely a school of thought that says breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Um, according to an article that was written by Jerry Genesis for Medical Daily, he says that may not necessarily be the case. What? I, I know. I know. It's crazy. It's, but conventional wisdom says otherwise. <laughs> that is true. That's what we're just talking about, right? He says it depends on what your goals are. Uh-huh. So if you're trying to lose weight, and let's be honest, many of us are trying to lose weight, right? Well, yeah. Then breakfast might not be the most important meal of the day. Really? So here's the thing. Okay. We're learning so much more about how our bodies actually work rather than just the way that we thought that they worked, right? We've all been around for a couple million years. It's about time we figured it out. It's time that we figured it out, right? So calories in, calories burned. That seems like a good, solid, conventional wisdom saying, right? Well, calories are important. It's how we get our energy. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that weight loss and especially fat burning has a lot to do with hormones as well. So it's not my fault. Well, I'm not going to say that because (laughs) it still comes down to some choices (laughs) that we make. But it has a lot to do with hormones. Fat I, I, loss. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said I, I do believe that. I've heard that, and, and I've, I've seen evidence of that in my yeah, life. So yeah. So fat loss and weight gain is a hormonal event. It's about the right hormones telling the body to release the stored energy in the fat cells to burn off or to store energy mm-hmm. for later. The hormones right. do that. The two important hormones that come into play are insulin and glucagon. One of insulin's main roles is to help to regulate your blood sugar. Insulin Mm -hmm. sends signals to muscle, fat, and liver cells in the body to absorb glucose sugar from the bloodstream to be used for energy. That's what insulin does. Glucagon also plays a role in allowing the body to regulate the utilization of fats and glucose. So those two hormones are really important when it comes to burning fat and weight loss and also weight gain, I guess, when it comes down to it. So when it comes to breakfast... Uh-huh. When you wake up in the morning, your body is already in a fasted state or detox phase overnight. Your body clears itself of endotoxins and digestive waste from the past evening meal. Right. At this time, your body's insulin levels are pretty minimal. And this is actually a great time for you to start burning fat. Okay. So think of it like this. Your goal is to get your body to use its stored energy. Right. And right. that 
energy is stored as fat in our bodies. So I have about a two-year supply of stored energy, but that's not the <laughs> So if you wake up in the morning and you have the typical breakfast, such as bagels, cereal, orange juice, yogurt, granola, and... or my favorite, waffles. Very good. With a lot of syrup, That's right? perfect. Amen. <laughs> when you do that, it spikes your insulin and it completely stops the fat burning process. Uh-huh. So instead of your body starting and stay using stored energy, it uses the energy source of carbohydrates and sugars that you just ate. Does that make sense? It does. There's some logic to that, right? Yep. So if you have a typical desk job, a nine to five job where you sit behind your desk all day, which many of us do, yep. and you don't utilize the carbs and sugars that you just ate in your morning breakfast, for example, with exercise, mm-hmm. your body will be gearing towards storing that energy for later, and that results in gaining body fat. Yep. In addition, high-carb morning meals can lead to energy crashes during the work working hours, which often leads to chronic cravings, and then we get into our snack foods and our sweets, and it's just this cycle that kind of goes vicious, around and around. Vicious, vicious cycle. We, we've all seen it, right? So does, oh, yeah. that, does that mean that we should skip breakfast altogether? Heavens no. Well, again, Jeff, it depends on what your goals are. Well, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Conventional wisdom says we shouldn't. <laughs> well, so listen, if you're a competitive athlete, such as a swimmer or a runner, mm-hmm. and you're planning on a tough training session in the morning, then having a breakfast that includes real food with protein and organic grains and fruit is, is ideal. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing to do. But if your goal is weight loss... Staying lean and keeping a low body fat percentage on a consistent basis, you should start your day with water, coffee, or tea with no sugar to avoid that insulin spike that ultimately leads to fat storage. Mm. But what if you're hungry, right? Well, I'm not going to answer that question if you tell me I'm wrong again. <laughs> you, know, you know I'm just going to shut you down, <laughs> Yes, <right>? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you just can't skip breakfast. Yeah. It's best to fuel up in the morning with protein-based foods, something like eggs, for example, uh-huh. and a low glycemic fruit, such as an apple, a pear, or a plum. Protein slows the digestive, the, excuse me, the digestion of sugars, so it will aid in keeping your insulin levels stable. So you can eat breakfast, but yeah. you just need to be careful. If you really want to get into those fat stores, though, and burn that fat, yeah, then you they're just... recommending, or at least uh, in this article, they recommend that maybe skipping breakfast is the way to go. So I do skip breakfast because I go right to lunch. I'll okay. bring my lunch to work and start eating it as soon as I get there. <laughs> but then you have second lunch. And no, a snack lunch, in the lunch, afternoon. Just, lunch just goes from eight o'clock in the morning until I stop eating <laughs> until dinner time. Well, yeah, or supper, whichever, <laughs> yeah, whichever, whichever goes first. You use. <laughs> Listen, um, there's there's so much out there. You know, yeah. I, I just feel like take what works for you and go with it. But uh, but that's something to think about. It makes a lot of sense that your body could burn stores if you're not replacing that energy with carbohydrates or or something. Well, it so, does. It does. But, you know, we have an expert here in the studio who might have an opinion on that. Well, let's introduce our guest. Uh, today's guest is Shanda. Vanneman. Did I say that right, Shanda? You got it. Shanda Vanneman. Excellent. Shanda's a certified Hatha yoga trainer. She currently works as a yoga trainer at the Intermountain Live Well Center here in St. George and is co-owner of her own business, Sun Rock Yoga. So you're very into the health and wellness um, industry, and obviously that's that's a, a focus on what you do at the Live Well Center as well as in this lifestyle of yoga. Tell me, what do you think about breakfast? Skipping breakfast? A good idea or a bad idea? Well, I think it's interesting, actually, all the things you talked about with hormones, particularly yoga is actually known to help to stabilize hormones. And I think we're hearing more and more about hormones and this whole thing about intermittent fasting and 
yeah, skipping breakfast. So I, I'm with you on it. Depends on what your overall goals yeah. are and what you're shooting for in life to make sure that you're getting what you need awesome. by all means. But and and I think that's really that's the best conventional wisdom is to take a common sense approach. You know, if you're if you're engaged in something that is just a radical overhaul, it's going to be tough to stick to that. Um, but you know, to each his own, I guess. If it's, if it's working for you, then that's the that's the way to go. So I I, I want to jump into the yoga, and I and I need. Are to, you sure you want to really jump I, into it? I, or just I, want I, the topic of yoga. I've got to preface this. I'm just I'm, I'm just going to take it for us here, Jeff. I'm just well, just whatever he says is probably goes double for me. So go ahead. <laughs> if you've ever listened to the show, you know that Jeff and I really struggle with flexibility and with stretching. Like that is a common occurrence a common theme that comes up regularly on the show it's a fact of life it's is what fact. it is <laughs> it's a fact of life for the two of us um i i will also say this um my family does a family reunion every year like many families do and my brother is very into health and wellness and you know he looks great and he takes care of himself and so he tries to do a morning workout with all of us in the morning and i try to participate because i also want to try to take care of myself usually it's it's resistance training or you know, cardio, but one day he did yoga and I got to say that was the hardest one that we ever did for me, for me. It was just really tough. So stretching is hard. I'm not very flexible. Convince me that yoga is the right thing to do. We'll definitely just come to a class and then I can convince you for sure. Or we could just stop and do it now if you want to (laughs) get you going on. We don't want to embarrass us. There's probably enough room in the studio anyway. (laughs) I, uh, you know, I, I come from a fitness background, so I've ran and lifted weights and all sorts of things. And it wasn't until 2009 that I discovered yoga. Actually, I tried a class first and didn't, it didn't go very well, to be honest with you. And several years before, but, um, I had a hip issue going on and I, a gal moved into town and started teaching yoga. And so I started taking the class and totally fell in love with it because I'd been trying everything to get this hip to feel better and just couldn't get it to feel better. But everybody says like, oh, I can't go to yoga. I'm not flexible. Well, that's the reason why we all go to become more flexible. <laughs> you know, oh, you're, you're there you to gain flexibility. opened up my mind to this oh, my concept goodness. now. Well, that's, a, that's a unique perspective, isn't there, Kyle? <laughs> And I will say, too, that yoga is not, I, I mean, yoga is such a broad term. It depends on what kind of, what you're looking for. Flexibility right, right. is what everybody thinks, but you also think you've got to be able to wrap your leg around your head, you know, to be able to do yoga. But at the basis of it, it it's breathing, you know, the importance of just breathing, working into the body, being able to just help calm the mind. So much about stress reduction. But you can get in there. You can get a workout with it. I'm not sure if that's the one that your brother did was more of a workout type or if it was just stretching. It was mostly stretching. And that that was what was hard for me about it. (laughs) And that can be really hard. The being still can be really hard to just hold. But there is yoga that um, you move quite a bit in and it keeps keeps your mind entertained, you know, and so you can keep going. But then there's the yoga with the long holds, you know, where you're just kind of hanging out. So I'd say keep trying, even though that wasn't the greatest, you know, experience. Like you got to go and try, try a different teacher, try a different style. Yeah, I'm down with that. I, I feel I feel like there is so much good that can come from being flexible and being balanced and, and being strong. I know that yoga, that's why we do it. I get it. I just need to break down and, like you said, take a class or just kind of figure it out because I, I do believe I really do believe that there are some great health benefits from it. I just have struggled myself to find my own group. Well, there's another right? advantage, and that's that you'll actually be able to pick up those coins you drop instead of just leaving there for somebody else to find. <laughs> that, that, there's an advantage right there for sure. 
That's true, too. And I was going to say, um, you know, with athletes, so often we're told as we age, you know, oh, you've got knee issues because you've run or like whatever, like all the high impact. But truthfully, our bodies will regenerate. They'll recover. They want to heal constantly. So if we give them the tools to do so, then they can heal. And stretching such a huge part of that. And the nice thing about a yoga class is that you're going to, if you go into a good one, you're going to get an overall body stretch. You're going to get yeah. everything open back up so it can all heal. All the tissues can heal again. So for athletes, they can get back to it, right? Or for just us who are living, we can keep the spine healthy and keep us healthy to keep us living longer and being independent, doing the things that we want to be doing. Awesome. So Shanda, you kind of alluded to this already, but I want you to expand. Who is yoga for? Who should be interested and engaged in yoga? You know, yoga's for everyone. everyone. I have um, I have little, I teach kids yoga as well, and I love the little kids in there. It's more of a play form because they right. will. They'll just do whatever. And so you have a great time, you know, just playing and moving. But if, you're, if you haven't started yoga, it's not too late. There's a great 100-year-old woman that still teaches yoga, and so she still has lots of teaching to do, wow. you know, in this world because it's just about keeping you healthy. So regardless of where you are, you can start. And, of course, stretching and being healthy and open and letting the body heal is for everyone. So absolutely. So it's not it's not just athletes. It's not just non-athletes. There's really benefits for all of us. Absolutely. And for people who don't some people just don't enjoy exercising. Right. Right. (laughs) And so sometimes yoga. Right. (laughs) Sometimes yoga is the exercise for people as well. For those who are, you know, really need to actually slow down a little bit because they constantly pound and work really hard, you know, at getting stronger or faster or whatever, then the yoga can help to bring that calmness, the the stretching, the open, the because we need both. Right. We need to challenge ourselves, but we need to relax as well. Awesome. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with yoga instructor Shanda Vanneman. And uh, we're talking about the benefits of yoga and how it really can benefit anyone and everyone and uh, ought to be uh, considered in an overall health and wellness plan. You mentioned earlier that there are a variety of different styles of yoga. Talk a little bit about the different styles and what might be good for different lifestyles or different goals. So you mentioned in the very beginning that I'm Hatha certified. So that's a that in itself is a style of yoga. And in general, in the United States, that's what you're going to find is Hatha yoga. And for most of us, the work is um, in the asanas or the postures. It's the physical moving and doing. There's breathing, there's pranayama, and breath work is super important as well. But then there's chanting. You've probably heard, you ohmed. Actually, some, we had somebody else ohming earlier when they knew I was here. <laughs> you know, there's the chanting side of things as well. But in general, it's the physical practice that we're doing. So within that, then there's a whole variety of things. You have restorative yoga, which is lots of props and things to help your body be supported, relax, and open up. And then you have um, more gentle where you're kind of just moving from posture to posture. And then you have a, a vinyasa flow. And that's kind of what I mentioned earlier. If you have a hard time slowing the mind down, it's great to get into something like that where you're moving and you're not having to just sit there saying, how long are we still going to be here? But you're, <laughs> you're just a movement constantly. So a wide variety. Now, you, you mentioned something about you mentioned a couple of times in terms of your body opening up. What do you mean by your body opening up? Well, especially as we age, you know, we start to get the hump, you know, you Mm -hmm. start to round down and things just don't open, right? Somebody stretches you one way and you say, oh, you know, that hurts kind of a thing. So, I mean, particularly the spine, being able to move the spine in every direction, it can continue to move. The the reason it doesn't is because we don't move it, right? Uh And it starts to just, we start to hunch over. That's the pretty general thing that happens. (laughs) Okay. So you talked uh, about these different styles of yoga. I want to just touch on uh, maybe one of them a little bit more, restorative yoga. 
go go a little bit deeper into that. That that sounds like something I might need it's or be interested my, in. So <laughs> explore that a little bit more. It's one of my favorite, actually. So you need a lot of props for it. So you'd need to go to a place um, over at the Livewell Center. We have um, lots of props. So there's blankets, there's bolsters, there's straps. And the idea of it is that you can get into a position, but where your body can let go, because like even laying on the floor sometimes is hard, right? Like things yeah. just don't feel right, but we can get you adjusted so that you can actually relax and in that relaxed, supported state, then the body opens up. Going back to that, mm-hmm. Jeff, like then you can you can actually just open. The body will relax, release the muscles, and that's that's what we want. The ten, we want the tension to melt away. We want to let it go. So, because of the props, it, it might be something that you'd be best served going to a place. And there and there are yoga places all around the the country, all around the world. Um, can you buy these props? And is it something that you can do at home, or do you really need to go? to a location in order to practice. You know, you absolutely can buy it and you can do it at home. The nice thing about the internet, you can search anything and, you know, sure. pull up pull up some sort of class. The benefit of going in and having a teacher who's certified, um with lots of hours, I have a 500-hour certification. I've been teaching for thousands of hours. You have somebody's eyes on you. So what feels normal isn't necessarily straight. You know, like yeah. the head, the, the body adapts constantly. So to have somebody's eyes on you to be able to help you adjust can be super helpful. It can. All, it, it's embarrassing sometimes for people to go for sure. the first time because you think, oh, I'm not open. <laughs> I can't do this. What's it going to be like? But it really is the best if you can get if you're comfortable with the teacher and you can go in and let them set you up and help you work through things. It's the best way to go. So how do you choose a course? Is, is it based on where you're hurting or just overall goals? How do you find the course that's best for you? I, you just got to go try a few different ones. If you resonate with somebody, somebody invites you, you go try it out. If you don't like it, then it's time to try something different, you know? <laughs> and so I, you know, a lot of the studios will have different types of classes that you can also try and kind of figure out. And um, that's the way it is with Sunrock. We've got the restorative. So for somebody who already works hard and is already, um, doing lots of hard workouts, I would invite them to come to restorative class. For somebody who's who still works hard but doesn't want to slow down that much and wants to keep working hard, I still actually invite them to come um, to one of the power classes where you're moving, you're sweating, you're creating a sweat because you're working so much, but your body's still being able to open up. And because of that warmth, your muscles are able to open up. So it's hard to say, like, I again, I would connect with someone personally, connect with a teacher, tell them what you're interested in, mm-hmm. and then they can help guide you through that, which I'm happy to help you out today. Get so, you in the right class. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> So you talked about sweating. Is that hot yoga or is that something different? I, I see that advertised, but I don't really know what that is. I didn't mention that, actually. So so I, so I come from Nashville. I moved out here from Nashville. And the hot yoga that we know there is Bikram's hot yoga, or they'll call it the hot 26. It's 105 degrees with 50 to 60 percent humidity. Oh, that's, that's like being in a sauna. <laughs> Worse. You're like, yeah, it's like you've left the swimming pool when you leave that class. And it's amazing. So here in St. George, um, our hot yogas here are they're less because most of the in general, most of them are doing a vinyasa. And so you're creating your own heat, like I kind of mentioned. And so the outside heat helps you to create more heat. But some of the classes, it's just a normal temperature room. But because you're moving so much, you create the sweat. Or you just go outside any summer day. Yeah. And you get some hot yoga here. It's true. In, in certain parts of the uh, United States and certainly our part here in St. George, Utah. <laughs> It uh, definitely drives a sweat. Absolutely. For sure. So so here's the thing. I, I appreciate all that we've talked about. Um, you're starting to convince me a little bit. Oh, I, do, I, do think, I do think that there's value in it. But here's my problem. And I know you said that you don't have to be flexible, but I'm just, I'm really not flexible. And not only am I not flexible, but 
the kind of pain that I feel when I stretch is very demotivating. Like, yes. like, you know, if I, if I'm pushing myself and I'm running hard or if I'm lifting weights, I, there's pain involved in that, but I'm okay with that pain. I, I help uh, coach a wrestling team here in town and wrestling is hard and, and it can be painful. I'm okay with that pain, but the pain that I feel when I stretch, tell it to us, brother, I Preach don't it. like that pain. I don't like it. So how do I get past that? Wow, that's a good. So, am, am I stretching too hard? Do I need to ease into it? Like, I just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Like actually. a lot of people stretch, and they're like, "Oh, that feels so good. I love that." I do not. Right. Like that. That is the kind of pain I do not like, especially on my legs, my hamstrings. I just, ugh. I just, I don't like that feeling. I just, it just is like fingers on a chalkboard. So how do I get past it? Tell us how you really feel, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, how do I really feel about it? With high fives in here, that that's that's the way it goes, right? We, uh, it, you know what? And I, I actually have been there too. You know, where it's like, when am I going to get out of this? And somebody else is like, please just keep me here the rest yeah, of the day. You yeah. know, like they just seem so comfortable, and and you're not. You know, like what's the difference? I actually in training, I thought their bodies must be messed up. I'm like, mine will never bend that way. I'm like, there's just no way it's <laughs> not going to happen wrong with that person. right? Yeah. But, but over time it does open, but the important thing is to get in it. Right. So two things, one, we talked about the restorative yoga. That's a great place to be where you can get in, you can be comfortable, but it actually, I think you'd really enjoy the power yoga, the power flow because you're moving. And so you're stretching the, the, the muscles are warm, but you're not just sitting there holding and the hamstrings feel like they're going to rip in half kind of a thing, Yeah. <laughs> but you're actually moving and you're being able to get that range of motion, like little, by little. And so um, that's actually what I would end up recommending, knowing a little bit more from you um, with that. But and I think it's important for people to know that, that it's not all the same. And you go to a class, you shouldn't be in pain. Yoga should not create pain. Okay, so that's good to know. (laughs) Well, it's a shifting paradigm for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because I just thought you went involving stretching that hurt the same thing. You look it up (laughs) in the dictionary pain, it says stretch. So, so we've only got about a minute and a half, Shanda, but you, you talked a little bit about the breathing elements and we focus really on the stretching part, but in, in a minute and a half, talk about the importance of the breathing aspect of yoga. No, it's a huge part of it. And it's my favorite part. When I finally learned to breathe and move, my whole practice changed. And we, when you go to yoga, we call it a practice because it is, it's constantly just, you're just practicing. But um, the, some of the fun things for me, actually, I had a, several, um, Iron men that and women actually that would come to class and they talked about learning the breathing techniques and how then they were able to take it out on the bike and be able okay. to continue to help them um, improve. So you increase your lung capacity with it, which is huge. So it's it's more I guess you go through breathing exercises and like you said, you learn how to open up and you can actually increase lung capacity. Absolutely. Just through just through the practice of breathing. I, I like that idea. That makes a lot of sense. And just your, it's a muscle that, you know, the, all the, to let, let the lungs expand and contract their muscles that you've got to strengthen and open just like the rest of the body. Awesome. Awesome. So any last advice that you might share with somebody about yoga? I would say just go try it. And again, they're not, they're not all the same. All the teachers are different, but go try, just go try a class there. Again, there's the Live Well Center. We have several studios in town. The Sun Rock Yoga one that I just opened up as well. There's so just go, go find a class. Community centers, lots of places have classes. She sounds like us with the games. Just do it. Just do it. Just, just do it for sure. Well, Shanna, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I've honestly learned a lot uh, about yoga and I'm tempted to give it a try. I love it. Thank so, you for having me. So thank you very much. Uh, Jeff. Yes, sir. Registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games is actually beginning its wind up. 
It is. It's a little bit more expensive today than it was yesterday. Yeah, the last day to register is September 1st. We've passed the early bird registration, but there's still time to get in. Sure. And it's just uh, $20 more, so still very accessible and very affordable. Don't miss out. No. On what is sure to be an historic event this year. I think we're going to break a record. It's going to be a great year. I think you're right. Visit SeniorGames.net to register today. The 2018 dates of the Huntsman World Senior Games are October 8th through the 20th. Mm-hmm. So you still got some time yep. to get limbered up, to get stretched out. Do some yoga. Do some yoga and get, get in shape. Uh, I want to do a quick plug for our opening ceremonies as well. I know we're a little ways out. We'll but, do it. But plan on attending... On Tuesday, October 9th at 7 p.m. at Dixie State University's Trailblazer Stadium, we're going to have singing, dancing. The Parade of Athletes is very inspiring. It's an amazing night. It's a tremendous show. And best of all, it's free. So bring your family and don't miss it. Once again, Tuesday, October 9th at 7 p.m. at Dixie State University's Trailblazer Stadium. Put that on your calendar right now so you don't miss it. it. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, Mm -hmm. including iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as TuneIn and Spotify. Once you've subscribed, give us a rating and write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. You can also find this and previous shows right on our website, again, SeniorGames.net. And Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day, don't limit your challenges, challenge your limits. There you go. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone.